we got uh, a bad review one time at a part yes. we played Park Street. I'm here for this. I got called um, Hans Gruber, which I was quite proud of. To be That's honest. not bad, actually. I was boss. <laughs> It's time for me to thank another one of our supporters, and it's Stuffed Crosby, Crosby's latest delicatessen. You can get all kinds of goodies from Stuffed. Most importantly, you can get meal plans by Prepped by Stuffed. Listen to this, you can get five meal plans for just £35, or you can get ten for just 60 What are your options, I hear you ask? You can get a bit of jerk chicken. You can get some steak trips. If you want to go the vegetarian route, there's some halloumi. Do they do vegan stuff? I don't know. You'll have to ask them. And you can do that by getting in touch with them on Instagram, prepped underscore by underscore stuffed. In true Liverpool fashion, we set this interview up, I don't know if you remember, in in Botan kebab shop at about 1am in the morning a couple of weeks ago. Shout out Botan on Berry Street. You go there often? Um, yeah, when I'm drunk, usually. <laughs> yeah. Don't usually remember them, to be yeah. honest. And, and you were drunk and you agreed to do this and now you're regretting it. Already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think... Well, I didn't remember until you texted me and then I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, is it a, what did you get? Oh, I can't remember. I think yeah, I went cheese chips. Yeah, yeah. Cheesy chips, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you got, mate. I didn't stay long enough. You said yes, and then I got off. <laughs> that was it, son. Yeah, yeah, before yeah. I could, before I could go back. Hit and run. It was a hit and run. <laughs> a drive-by interview. Uh, all right, Fran, welcome. Uh, for those that don't know, I mentioned already, you're the front man of a band called The Red Rum Club. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Six of yous. Yeah. So do, do you know the names of the other five, or...? Uh, I wish I didn't, honestly. I wish <laughs> I didn't meet some of them. Can you remember them all? Yeah, just Who about there's um, Neil, he sits at the back. He's the only Evertonian right. in the band. You let one in. Yeah. He, well, he's pretty good on the drums, that's why. Oh, right, yeah. Got Simon on bass. Yeah. Doesn't like football. Okay. Um, but a great a great bassist. He's the true rock star of the crew. Is he? Yeah. Uh, and then Tom and Mike are the guitarists. Okay. Um, and Joe plays trumpet. Joe is trumpet. Yeah, Joe right. the Blow, as he's been nicknamed. Joe the Blow, all right. So that's that's the full Red Rum Club lineup. Um you're recording, and we'll come back to this maybe later on in the conversation. The reason you're recording a, a, a brand new album right at the moment. You've took time out the out the day really to come yeah. and do this interview. So you're excited about doing that, going through that recording process. Yeah, this thing? is this is like the busiest time. You know, like from the outside, it probably seems like Red. If you're a Red Uncle fan, if people are following us, and that probably seems like, well, where are they going? But they, you know, they uh-huh. probably expect us to be in Barbados or in Ibiza or something, but. This is like the busy bit. We're like, right, no, let's get the next set of songs and stuff. Um, and it, it causes murder all the time. Yeah, you know, um, I'll, I'll be here for 
an hour or two with you and then I'll go back and they've probably done something that we're going to argue about, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm going to be like, take that off or whatever. Really? Um, but this is the stressful bit. This is the bit like that people, it'll be etched into history, you know, like we re- once the song's gone, the song's done, it's released and it's out there and people can <laughs> like it or not like it. So this is the, the moments where you make big decisions. Like. Of course it is. And, and so where are you actually recording? We're in Kempton Street, which is the old Par Street. The yeah. guys who had uh, Par Street, they've all moved across there, uh, and it's state of the art, brand new, like all suspended um, in rubber, like the studio. It's absolutely suspended in rubber. Yeah, so they like the basically the they build up the floor, build in the the walls, and build down the ceiling so that the, the whole thing's suspended. It's almost like it, you know, if there's an earthquake outside, the room wouldn't really move as much you know sounds I mean? like you should be at Alton Towers <laughs> recording <laughs> albums is it, is it safe I think yeah it's alright but yeah. you just don't jump up and down you know yeah, okay yeah yeah. Nice. well we'll come back onto the, uh, back round onto the recording of the new music and the album stuff like that but let's so the, 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 with the Scouse House we were talking about you know Liverpool people from Liverpool obviously you're, you're from Liverpool yourself from where, whereabouts did you grow up I was like the north so I went to school in Thornton okay. which is like near Crosby Waterloo um my family have a lot to do with a football club, yeah. so I was always like there. But yeah, it's mainly the north end, up by the beach, up by the tan. beach in, Cro- in Crosby. Yeah, well, yeah. I know that. I know that area well. I'm, I'm as you know, number one comedian in number Crosby. One. And I want to get you on because I know you're a big fan of, of mine, of and, course, and, yeah. and it's and it's uh, it's mutual very much. So, where did you go to school then? Uh, but Holy Family. I went to school. Shout out, Holy Shout Family. Out Holy Family yeah. Did did. Music was that something when you were at school? Did that even start back then? No, or? that was like a well, yeah, just towards the end of school. So it was probably fourteen, fifteen. Um, I was getting to that point where like girls become a thing, and people What's started this? going out and go to parties. And I was like, well, okay, so how do I like how do I like get invited to parties, or how do I impress girls, or how do I like sort of also make mates? You know what I mean? Be able to like you know have a bond over music. Probably that age where you start to like get your own like independent like uh, interests and whatever, um, and I realised I wasn't going to be the next Steven Gerrard. <laughs> probably realised that well before that, to be honest. Um, so I was like, well, I probably should do something else. With, you know, rather than playing football seven times a week, yeah, I'll probably just like so I picked up a guitar, and, uh, and yeah, and. I'd done it really for to impress girls and to make mates and to get free drinks, really. Oh, very honest of you. Yeah, 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 yeah very honest of you. I mean, by the way, you should say this. Good footballer, good footballer. I, well, yeah, I used to be when I was younger. Yeah, yeah, well, you and I both. We're, 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 we're Waterloo GSOB legends, to be honest with legends, you. Legends, yeah. We, I we think might get into that. I've scored a, a 90-odd minute winner in, in a cup final for Waterloo. Fran, you've done... The bits. I've done the bits on the left, yeah. For, for Wardsloo, uh, we might get into amateur football uh, if you if you've got time later on. So of course, murder. Well, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, so you you start what 15, 16, playing music and stuff like that. I'm gonna take you back to around 2010, 2011. I'm in a bar called Blues Bar in Crosby, still there. Shout yeah, out yeah. Blues. Uh, I'm watching a band. I don't know for sure whether you were you were called this at the time. It might have been Small Print. And it, it seemed like it was a similar lineup. Certainly, a few of the guys that are in yeah. Red, Red Rum Club now. I don't know if it's t- it changed a little bit, but I'm watching you guys back then. Arctic Monkeys covers, maybe a few originals. I'm thinking these have got something here. Yeah. These are t- playing tight. You know what I mean? And I, I know like, I'm not a music aficionado, but you know when you can just sense yeah. these 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 have got something here. There's a bit of a chemistry here. It's, it's not just lads. 
pissing about. Yeah, yeah. Um, was that yeah, 2010, 2011? That would have been, yeah. Um, we would, I would have been 15, 16, maybe 17. Wow. So, don't, so, you know, Blues let me in illegally, probably. Um, no, maybe a bit, maybe it was a bit older, but it was that. It was like, that's why we were doing it. We would, we would practice all week, you know, after, um, after school or after college or whatever. And then we'd go and play a, a pub and you'd get, you know, 30 quid each and a few, few free pints. And, um, you'd tell all your mates that you were playing and you go down there and, and you'd do it. Um, but it did feel like something was like, it just felt like something was cool. Do you know what I mean? It felt like me and, me and Tom, who's my cousin, we started playing together. I got a guitar for Christmas. He got a guitar for Christmas, and and then we just we we'd spend like the weekends together, just messing around, playing, playing whatever covers. They were like our Glastonbury moments. A gig in blues on a Saturday night was like, yeah, okay, we've got that, and like we were working our whole week or whole month towards that. Yeah. Um, and it just come from there. It just it, like. It, first of all, it went from like a naivety thing. It was an ego-driven thing of like, no, I'll get on stage and I'll sing and we'll be boss and we'll show our mates. And then it got it got to a point where we were like, actually, we just like doing the music. You know what I mean? We're quite good at it. And we, and we went into that world of like going down that rabbit hole of like, oh, actually, you know, did you know this about this song? And we become like music nerds. Yeah. Um, and that just like continues until we become major nerds. Like, yeah. The name Small Prince, is that being retired? That's retired, yeah. yeah. I think it's probably for the, for the best. I don't think... I think Red Rum Club is a much it's cooler. cooler name. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think many people have got many good things to say about Small Print. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Maybe called Parking Fines. That's the first time I've ever like thought that. of that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the first time I've ever thought about like the connotations of Small Print. Yeah. If that, song, that, that come about because we were just like, right, we've got a gig Saturday. It was our first gig. And we are like, okay, what should we call ourselves? And we were going, we were leaving practice. And we were like... Yeah, it's just small print. Tell them to put it small print on the post. And we're like, oh, yeah, sounds and went. Nice. And that was it, yeah. We didn't even think about it. Absolutely. And then where did Red, Red Rum Club come from? Uh, we we grown up and we bought a leather jacket and we were, like, starting to write our own songs then. And then we were like, no, we're actually cool. Like, we need a cool, like, name. Took ourselves a bit yeah. too seriously. Um, and someone said, uh, someone said to our Thomas, go and watch films that you like and just get a quote or get, a, like, a thing you know, from that. And, uh he went to Shining and he come back and was like, what about Red Rum? Like, oh yeah, Red Rum. And then we're like, but that's the horse. If someone just Googles Red Rum, you'll find the horse or you find like the <laughs> loads of pubs or something. I don't know. Yeah. And he was like, okay, put club on the end because it's like an inclusive thing. It's like, oh, if you're part of the club and we can have a slogan of like, be in the club or are you in the club or something like yeah. that. I think the first one was Stamps 2 in, in Waterloo. Well, that was where I did my very first stand-up gig. Was it? Yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, it's, it well, is, it's not Stamps 2 anymore, is it? It's called the Water Budley or something. Oh, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andy, our producer's giving a thumbs up there to Frank Good Knowledge. <laughs> you were there all the time, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bar fly, apparently, in the water pulling. Um, so, uh, what, where's your favourite gi- uh, place to gig then in Liverpool? If it's like small... A small gig for bands that were, that are coming through. It used to well, it's it's the Zanzibar. Mm. Zanzibar that like, That's the answer. That is, it's not an opinion. Yeah. yeah, no, it is the Zanzibar. Like everyone will say, the Zanzibar was the place. Unfortunately, it's not what it was now. Um, there's a guy called Tony who ran it. Uh, sadly, he died, passed a, f- a few years back, and it's so he was just holding it up. Um, and within a couple of months of 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 him passing it, it sort of 
change the tall aesthetic and stuff. It used to just be full of bands and upcoming bands, and he'd do like a Wednesday and a Saturday afternoon where you could go if you were like underage and you'd there'd be hundreds of kids in there and he'd just be playing again like covers and stuff like that messing around. Um, but then it also had like big acts. So it was like a, a well-known. It's probably there and heebie-jeebies, the two well-known like venues in town. That all the out-of-town bands, people coming up from the pool, be like, "Where's heebie-jeebies? Where's the Zanzibar?" Because everyone played there. Yeah. It was a bit ramshackle. It was a bit like all over the place. But it was like it was only that because it was, there was a gig every night, and it probably had been for like. 10, 15, 20, however many years, you know what I mean? So the, it was just, it was functioning and that was it. You go in there, you get a kind of red stripe and, and you know, you'd enjoy some either rubbish music or really good music in a, in a really tight, close venue. Yeah. Um, that was probably, we probably played there the most out of everyone, uh, out of every venue really, to be honest. Um, Tony just ring us and say, do you want to play Saturday? We've got a band in London coming up and we're like, oh, yeah, where do we come up? You've got, you've got to take those opportunities for like, we, I mean, in, in comedy, we call it stage time and when yeah. you're coming through, it's like putting a, the, what is it, 10,000 hours these yeah, days yeah, and they're yeah. about becoming an expert. So, you, it sounds like you've got a lot of, uh, you know, well, that's uh, it. You do, like, props to Zanzibar type thing. Yeah, it, it's just, we were the, we always used to say, we'd be the yes men. We'd be like, yeah, okay, let's go and do it. Yeah. And you, we still like that now. There's still things that like come up and like, oh, maybe we should not do that. Maybe should we, do, you know, is it is it financially viable? Is it like because everyone got the time time to do it? Are you free that day? You know, the six of us, it's quite complicated and whatever. But we do we we put it as a priority, the band as a priority because we want to do it. Do you know what I mean? And we over the years probably took like five years, but it's got us somewhere now where if we wanted to say no to things, we could. We never do, but we're in a position and uh, you know we've got some. Got some bargaining chips where we're like, actually, no, let's leave that because we've got like a bit of a professional yeah. path to go on here. Hundred percent, yeah. I mean, it's like take you know, taking gigs uh, when you first start out. You just say yes to mm. everything, and you obviously regret some of those calls. But nonetheless, you still learn. Yeah, you see, even yeah. from the nightmare gigs. I mean, Definitely. what's like one of your nightmare gigs around Liverpool? Have you got a few? <laughs> not, not so much nightmare gigs. We got. We got uh, a bad review one time. At, at par- yes. We played Park Street. Have <laughs> me for this? <laughs> yeah, and, and it was just like a, we just—I think we just released two or three singles on Park Street's own record label. Yeah, because um, a fellow called Chris Taylor, who's up, who produced our first three albums, um, and he was just putting on a night. He, he recorded a few local bands, and he was like, "Right, let's just put a gig on. You, all the bands will go and play and whatever, and we'll release, we'll do some vinyls and we'll sell them and use all invite, you know, like sort of a cross contamination." Of fans and that make a bit of a scene, and uh, we got a bit of a bad review on that one. Like right. we got taught, yeah, it was. Um, I think we got quoted to got misquoted in one of the lyrics, saying it was a little bit seedy or something. And then we got like uh, seedy from Doran. Never ever. <laughs> um, I got I got called um, Hans Gruber. Which was quite proud of, to be that's honest. That's not bad, actually. I was, boss. I was like, who's that? And then just looking at the like, camera. That's dead cool. What, what's one of uh, his lines? Can't remember. Oh, I can't remember. Oh, no. I was trying to think it's of one more, later and put more, it inserted in. Yeah. It's more uh, than goes in it. Um, but yeah, it was just like, yeah. We'd never like have bad shows, you know what I mean? Because we'd always come off stage, we'd enjoyed ourselves, we'd usually well prepared and usually just like we'd learn something about one of the songs or whatever. Yeah. And you'd come off and say, oh, that was good. Uh, Oh, that was bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bad. That uh, let's go to bar. Like that's that's as bad as a gig can get, really. You yeah. know, unless someone falls over or like seriously injured. Yeah. <laughs> then it's not really a bad gig, really, is there? Well, well, yeah, if, yeah. yeah. There's there's always, as I say, even if it's going wrong, there's something to learn, isn't yeah, it? If it's yeah. about setup or being prepared or whatever, I've definitely 
mm. I've definitely been there. I was I, when I first started comedy, as you probably well know, I was doing bits on the guitar myself, but a musical comedy, and I yeah. did a charity gig in uh, a place called the Dunnies. Uh, on right, I think it's Rice Lane or not far from there, huh? and uh, it wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great. <laughs> but me, weirdly, uh, but you'll like, remember it. You'll remember that forever. I, I will. I will. I mean, I was I was the, the comedian on the night, oh, which right. was a mistake. So I, I, you know, just things that you learn about. It, it's not a stand-up show. It's it's mm. get people who've not necessarily bought a ticket to see. To, to, yeah, yeah. A, a comedian. It was a charity night. There was a singer on. Uh, the, the DJ was that uh, Billy Clements. And I was the I was the comedian after you know just a few months experience. Yeah. <laughs> but weirdly, I, I brought it because I was playing this uh, parody song at the time. Um, Jerry Cinnamon's Belter was singing "She's a Scouser" and changed the lyrics. It was hilarious. Uh, that got them on side. <laughs> like off the room, just totally disinterested, and some bloke telling jokes, and then played that song, turned round, like, that's good that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I put the guitar down, he just turned yeah, back yeah. again. He went shite. Um, so you so should have been a musician. Really, I came yeah. off, and some lad said, said to me, yeah, "Were you the comedian that went funny?" At, at the end, of the one was the only comedian on me, so I guess yeah. I must have been. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, character building. I think that's is what, what they're saying. It means you've got to, you've got to do the you've got to do the bad ones. Yeah, because the. You probably know this yourself. Like, you you can see the people that haven't. You can mm. see the people that went straight, like from whatever, whether the talented or not. But they go there. I tell you, like divas come about. I think it's probably probably a good thing and maybe maybe working class thing too. That like, you know, you you've got to be grateful for everything you get. So when you get the opportunities and when things are going well, you appreciate them a little bit more. And you've got to have the bad ones before they go well in order to be like, well, it could be like that, boys. You know what I mean? Record a few singles, and uh, put them out. And every time we put a new song out, we'd go on tour. We'd just like we'd ring a, a fella in Sheffield and go, you know, can we play one night? And he go, yeah. And then we'd ring a fella we knew in Manchester who'd get us a show, and one in Glasgow, and one in London. And then we'd do a tour. We'd do like release a single and then do a tour. Yeah. And most of them show we'd done that probably four or five times, and five people become ten, ten become twenty, and twenty become you know. And before you know it, you you you're selling out like hundreds, hundred and fifty, two hundred cap rooms then we got signed in 2018 put the first album out in 2019 and then it's been like a whirlwind like that's we've got three albums out and everyone's like oh, and we're you know recording now we don't know whether it's going to be the fourth album or whether we're going to wait on it or just the material whatever but everyone's like oh fourth album I'm like yeah but we we it's only 2019 since we've done it we're in a bit of a rush we, we know the state of the world in the sense that like everything's instant if you yeah. want if you want uh you know, like a, a takeaway, you can get it straight away. If you want, like, to find someone who's on the other side of the world or, like, ring someone who's on the other side of the world, you can do it instantly. If you, you know, Tinder and Grinder, if you want to hook up with someone, you can get it like that. Everything's instant. So we would just, like, no, just keep putting stuff out, just keep putting material out. That, as well as the fact that we never had a major, major money behind us. We had some money, not going to deny that, but yeah. not major money in, in comparison to, like, other people. So it was just, like, go, 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 go. Um, so 2019, then put a second album out during COVID. We'd recorded it just before COVID and we had it and we were like, should we wait? And the record label were like, well, it's up to you boys. You know, you're probably going to take a hit financially. 
I remember, yeah. I remember coming back. Do you remember we were? You gave me a lift back from a, a, a footy, yeah, yeah. footy match we both played in, and I yeah. remember this conversation. You were talking about you'd yeah. just done an album, and it was you were having all these things about your tour, so yeah. on and so forth. So is that 2018, 19, 2020, That's when you're starting to think things are happening for us now. Yeah, it's yeah. Getting... That's we'd signed a record, a record deal. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and we, someone was paying for us to go in the studio, and then would would print vinyl and CDs of ours and we had to get artwork and shoot music videos and that and we were like this is what we wanted Yeah, and it you know it still feels like that now do you know what I mean it's, it's exactly the same the stakes have gone up a little bit and there's more listeners and stuff but it was that's exactly what it was it's it kicked off around then and then COVID happened and we were like oh god like we thought it'd just fizzle out well, well we just had we never thought it would but we had that like worry in our head so we just put the, the album out we took a big financial hit because you know when you put an album out you then go on tour and you make your money go when you go on tour or you do that, you promote it and you can... Well, we were just sat in, uh, you know, our living rooms like, oh yeah, we've got a song out, everyone. Like, that was it. Um, but it it benefited us because cause everyone else had, like, cleared the runway. Everyone else was like, no, let's wait. We're, we're not taking the financial hit or a lot of people did. We we ended up getting, like, Radio 2 playlists on BBC and stuff and Amazing. one of the songs, Eleanor, was played, like, 10 times a day for like six weeks and st- like all over radio. Yeah. National radio, the biggest listenership in, in the country and stuff. Um, I was going to say, it didn't, fe- it didn't feel like you lost any momentum at all. As a, it was as a the opposite, the outside, yeah. It was yeah. sort of like, uh, no, everyone went one way. Everyone was like, no, we shouldn't because of this. We were like, well, let's just do it and we'll write another album if we get the chance. Yeah. So the last album, How to Steal the World, mm-hmm. title, I was thinking, does it perpetuate that? Scouse stereotype about Scousers being thieves well, or whatever. Did you think about that? Or? Yeah, we did, but that was like a secondary thing. It was it was more sent. We had this. Uh, we were just coming out of lockdown, and Tom had wrote a song called "How to Steal the World," yeah. and it was because he was sat on his phone and it came from it. Um, came from a Kendall Jenner. Was it Kendall Jenner? It was the tall one, the tall skinny one. She's yeah, like the wrong Superman. person. <laughs> <laughs> she he he was just she, um, she had put a post up. And everyone was just living on living on Instagram or living on TikTok or yeah. YouTube or whatever at went in during COVID. And she was laying on her bed and it said how to steal the world on a laptop behind her. And it was like, that is actually how you steal the world, isn't it? Like you don't have to go and like have an army and go invade your the, like what all you have to do is just like be a, an online presence. You just need to be a presence. You just need to you know, take take a picture of you in a sunset, and and you know somehow that this is this is a new thing that you can be like a huge pop the cultural relevance, um, and it come about like that. And then when the song was written, we were like, oh well, that's quite a cool, um, cool saying, isn't it? Really, how to steal the world? It's almost like a, a, a manual. So, yeah. uh, and then we and we were releasing what, a manual. It was like a manual of like how yeah, to steal the world. Yeah. Like this, these are the songs, and this is how we're gonna steal the world. Nice. Like this is that was sort of how we seen it. We were just it, the world was waking up, coming out of COVID. Yeah, and it was like, well, th- we've got this album here, and this is our way of stealing the world of like stealing the world that we want. You know what I mean? Like going and seeing things and like taking going I, on tour or whatever. I asked the question is a bit of a piss take, but I'm kind of glad I asked it yeah. now because it, yeah, yeah, it, it was very insightful. But then answer. the steel thing was was like as well. It was like oh yeah, because yeah. the Scouser thing, yes. people would get it. You know what I mean? You've thought it through. The UK thing especially. Nice, nice. So um, you, you tore on the back of that, and I, and, and I don't know exactly where you've been, but you've definitely been USA. Mm-hmm. Was it Mexico recently? Mexico, where, where, yeah. where have you found yourselves? Uh, we've done three tours of the USA at the moment uh, in the last 12 months. Uh, we've just come back uh, a few weeks back uh, and we went to Mexico, played the show in Monterey, ended up in the hills in one of, in a, in a big mansion. Like you met a scouser. 
Actually, we did, yeah. yeah. Of course we did. Yeah, I mean, he was part of the trip, but like we didn't know he was coming, and then we were in a bar, like, huh, where are you from? And he was just outside of Liverpool. Did you see the Monterex or whatever it was? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Up in the hills. <laughs> where, did, where did you hit in the States then? So we, uh, this time it was just Austin, Texas. It was a big music festival called South by Southwest. I've heard of it. It's yeah. like a new festival. Uh, well, not new, a new music festival. Yeah. So like the whole music industry go there to find out what, you know, who's the next big thing or like you know different genres and to talk about like the music industry and whatever it's like zeitgeist yeah lovely word zeitgeist don't know what it means but yeah um and then but we've just done we've done a big tour four week tour in september october sorry uh and we don't we went from east to west we went like new york and then up into canada new york down to texas and then up into canada and down played 14 shows finished in la and cut and come home do you like being away from from liverpool with the lads I like it, yeah, because it is just with the lads, you know what I mean? We've Some of the shows get in the way at times. You wake up and you're like, right, what are we doing, boys? I'm like, we've got to go and sound check. I'm like, no, <laughs> you don't want to, do you know what I mean? But Professionalism, though, again, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you've got to do it. Um, but, th- but, like, when we go away, we know that Liverpool, like, people are, are aware of our journey, you know, like... I'll come back and I'll be in the pub or I'll go and watch Bootle and the lads be like, oh, I've seen you, with, that was boss in New York or that was boss in Austin where you were or Mexico, you went to Mexico, that's great. Because people, I think, uh, well, especially our fans, very proud of the fact that we're like, or the, you know, they're thankful that we're giving it a go. I think they, they, they recognise that, that we're like, we're not just like recording songs, releasing it and going and playing the show in, in town. Yeah. We're not just doing that. We're not in it for just, just to be like that. Just coming on the back of this last one and these last tours, I was mentioning to, to the day I sent you a message about uh, come back from Australia, got Red Rum Club on Qatar Airways, which yeah, it was, yeah. was just like you didn't even know that you think. Yeah. Uh, I walk into the Stand Comedy Club in Newcastle, weekend just gone. Um, uh, do you, would you rather be lonely? It's playing as I walk in. It feels to me like things are just just happening for you. Yeah. Does that feel like it to you? It feels like. We- just arrived, even though we're three albums deep and we've done all these way, all, all these tours and whatever and, and like been at it, you know, 100%. America tours and UK tours and Europe and festivals and whatever. It feels like people are just now like twigging. It, it, it's always felt like we've just been in Liverpool and we've like the music industry's been in London and now and then we've dripped into the music industry and we, but I think everyone's sort of like realizing now. Was like actually, we're just turning out song after song. Now we're not, we're not stopping. We're not just like, we're not gonna get. We're doing it because we love it and we like the band and whatever. We're not doing it to be on the telly. We're not doing it to be famous and whatever. We're just doing it because we like music and we want it to be our profession. Um, so I think people are taking this a lot more seriously now. And this sort of export, like you say, the the Liverpool thing that that goes ahead, that goes a. Ahead of us is a big thing too. It's like, oh, well, the always people always look to Liverpool for the next band or the next, you know, the next do, guitar yeah. guitar sounds or whatever. Um, and it feels like people are just getting onto it slowly, slowly but surely now. Because when you're in the states, I mean, I might get this slightly wrong, but when you were in the states, your music was featured on. Was it the coverage of NFL? The NFL, yeah, yeah. So, so we were like, well, how so has that happened? We were in uh, Nashville. We sat on a rooftop terrace. And there was a big uh, screen across the road, huge, big, massive screen showing the NFL. 
but obviously because it was across the road, we were just like, oh, who's playing there? Was the Bron- it was the Denver Broncos versus someone. Was the Denver Broncos boys playing and thought nothing of it and we were just like thinking, oh, massive that screen, isn't it? Crazy, crazy. And then we were like, that's mad. Watch, half watching the game, half getting drunk and then we got back and we got a tweet and someone was like, see this today, yeah, blah, blah. And we are like, what? Like we were watching the whole game and because the telly was across the street, there's no volume on it. <laughs> Unbelievable. And our song was getting played as we were watching it going, Denver Broncos. Right? <laughs> Didn't even realise it was like, it was a, it was getting played. Your music, and it was the song Vibrate. It was Vibrate, and then he'd done another one a few a few weeks later. Did you just drop in and out now? It's it's crazy. It's brilliant. I mean, I remember again, football changing room with you came to stop by here saying that that new song you've got Vibrate. What a melody! I, I yeah. love it, I and mean, it's not surprising it's it's being used. Yeah, it's uh, a cool one. Like. You've got a few songs like that, haven't you? By the way, I think uh, is it um, uh, Come Back Anna Marie. I think that's yeah. that, the intro to that song's just got uh, Goal of the Month. Yeah, uh, back yeah. in music all over it. Yeah, well, th- you you always think that, like you'd always like when you're writing and, and recording stuff. That's probably why we're arguing. Well, well but this is the p- period where you the pressure's on. You think like when you listen to it, when you're writing a song and recording, it, you're like, where, where can this, you know, what could this be on? Could this be on a film? Could this? Will people listen to this in the bedroom after a breakup? Or will shagging. people? Yeah, shagging. Or yeah. will people listen? They won't listen to us while shagging. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Will people listen to this get pumped for a night out? Will have you ever dance? listened to yourself? No, no never. Uh, we'll have to take I, that I don't even listen gospel. to myself at all. Uh, right. Once it's recorded, that's it. Will you listen to this podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that's I'll, watch on, I'll watch it on mute. That's what I'll do. Okay, yeah. Just nice. to make sure it look good. Great stuff. <laughs> We're gonna, I think we need a little bit of a break, um, Fran. I, I've done this with previous guests, a little quiz going into the break. I'll, I'll, I'll do it with yourself. Uh, I might have made a mistake here because I presumed Red Rum Club came from the love of the horse. And I've, I've got your three quiz questions about Red Rum Club. That's okay. 50th anniversary of Red Rum's first win in the Grand National I'm sure you knew that Fran yeah did you Um, so question number one how many times did Red Rum three let me ask the question (laughs) before is that right though yeah, I think everyone knows you've already got that (laughs) right I mean we normally come back for for your answers after the break but okay Uh, question two is what was the name of the trainer of Red Rum he knows her Ginger McCain Ginger McCain, he's got it, he's got it. And then uh, question number three, um, Red Rum won his first Grand National in 1973, 50th, year, 50th anniversary. But which horse finished second in that race? Fucking, oh, I've got him. You've got me. Don't know. Oh. Don't know that one, no. Well, it was, it was Crisp. Crisp. So in, in a parallel universe, mate, you could be uh, the frontman of a band called The Crisp Club. Crisp Club. <laughs> That's my solo project. Big thanks to one of our supporters. It's Kingfisher Carpets and Artificial Grass. It's open now at Kingfisher Business Park in Bootle, Liverpool's newest carpet and artificial grass showroom. They've got a website, of course they have. It's kingfisher-carpets.co.uk and on Instagram, it's Kingfisher. Dot carpets. It's still summertime. Why not get yourself some artificial grass for the front lawn there? Really low maintenance and make the garden look spick and span. Be the talk of the town. Get in touch with Kingfisher Carpets and Artificial Grass. Part two with the Scouse House with Fran Doran. We're back with, well, Fran Doran was it, a.k.a. Hans Gruber, everybody. Uh, we've, we've found a line. Uh, Producer Andy's given you a line. Uh, you're going to deliver it right down the barrel of uh, this camera, Fran. Uh, here we go. I'm not doing the accent, though. Yeah, I might get in trouble. 
Now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah, I think Probably you probably need, need, needed the accent, yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah. Do, you, do you want to go again? Or? No, no, that's fine. Fair enough. Fair play for even have a go. God bless him. Uh, Fran, you, you, as you said at the start of the interview, you've, take, you've taken some time out of, uh, of the recording schedule with the boys. You're recording mm-hmm. new music for a new album. Yeah. What, what's it going like? I mean, it's, it's, it surprised me the other day. You kind of, it's like a nine-to-five schedule, is it? Yeah, or? yeah. <clears throat> this is the serious bit, like I said. This is where like you wake up, you get in the studio and you, you you're there all day and it's really like don't want to say it's it, well yeah it's intense like there's there's a producer as well as like six opinions um we've learned to deal with these things now we've learned how to like just like let the song be and stuff whatever and, and know each other's strengths and weaknesses um so you know if someone's got an opinion on the same thing you usually know they're talking you know right to right be honest. as opposed to <laughs> as opposed to the other one <laughs> um wrong um, nice. But this is the pressure. Like this is like the the bit where we feel it, you know, because it's just so precious to us. These are the things that are gonna go out there. And as soon as you, as as much as these are Red Run Club songs, this is how I feel about music or our music, especially, and probably other artists too. Too. As soon as you release it, as soon as people hear it, it's on Spotify and it's on a CD and whatever. It's no longer yours. It's not, it's like we've just made it. And then we give it to some, give it to the listener, and they make their minds up about what it's about and how it makes them feel and who it's about and whether you know it brings up nostalgia or whatever it does. It's theirs, <clears throat> so you start like preempting those things and being like, okay, so this is how this song's meant to make someone feel in this. It makes me feel this way. Will it make you feel that way? So, it's um, this is the exciting bit. This is the art. This is where you start to have like inspiration and like little bits of creation come up going along, um. So yeah, this is the bit you're in it for, to be honest. And 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 Red Room Club fans, I mean, we're not going to say like we're going to push you on like what's going to be called or song titles or whatever. But is there a, is there a new sound emerging? Is there, is there like a you know sort of as a sound evolved from one album to the next? We you feeling that coming? Yeah, through we now? always we always do. We always try and make a conscious effort. Um, otherwise, you just get stale. Um, don't don't know really. We've got a new producer, um, a guy called Rich Tave, who's done like Blossoms and stuff like that. We're in with him. Um, and obviously he brings a different thing. He's got different tricks, and you know he's got different bells and whistles. Um, but we've probably, we're quite good at just like letting the songs be the songs. Now you know we're we're, we're um, confident in our own ability that like if we think it's good, it's good. Um, usually, yeah. Um, so yeah, it, there's no real like conscious decision. If you do that, you probably mess it up. If you go like right, we want to sound like this. We want this to be the thing, and blah, blah blah. If you do that, you you probably either undersell it or oversell it, and it becomes corny, or you undersell it, and it's like, well, yeah, it's just a letdown of. Uh, whereas if you just let the songs be the songs, and they just become, it becomes its own thing. I think you can take inspiration, little pockets of like, oh, put that in there because that it sounds a bit like a game show the theme or something. But you don't um, you don't think about that too much. We've, we've 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 done we've done that and we've messed it up before. Yeah, you're not writing for TikTok. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not writing for anyone. You just you you're just on the hoof. You it, music is about emotion. Music's about how things make you feel in that moment. So red rum come on the hoof. Nice on the hoof. Um, <laughs> so got, yeah, got to get it in. Haven't I? <laughs> um, so uh, you talked before a little bit about, and I think you alluded to the the you know the musical cultural um, history of of Liverpool as a city. You're recording a, a basic essentially a new album in Liverpool. 
Did you feel that kind of like being part of that history starting with, well, maybe even start with, but certainly the Beatles looms large and all the other great music and bands we've had? Yeah. Did you feel, by the way, did you have like favourites out of Liverpool bands and stuff like that? I mean, yeah, you can't get away from the Four Boys, can you? You can't get away from the Beatles and stuff. Um, the Zootons, the Coral, uh, they, were the, they were like heyday, like sort of Liverpool indie scene sort of thing. Um, the Wombats, Example, they all met here, didn't they? And um, the lead singers that lives here and stuff. But it is a, it's a very, it's a very, I'm very aware of it. I think all the boys are very aware of it. It's probably one of the deep, one of the deepest, like, sort of motivations for me personally. Probably the same with the boys of like, you know, we, we've played big shows in Liverpool and we toured and we've done this and we've done that and, and whatever. But I really, the deepest, and I don't think about it too much. And I probably, probably never said it to be honest. Of the deepest motivation for me carrying on Red Room Club and what I, what I want Red Room Club to be is in 20 years' time, someone to go, remember that band? Remember that band from Liverpool? And to be sort of somewhere in the list of like those bands you've just mentioned, like oh, the Beatles and blah, blah, blah. And it's like just to put like our, our name in, in, in the ring of like we were part of the Liverpool scene once and we were... You know, we were a Liverpool band. That's like probably the the thing that drives drives us the most. However high we get up there, that's fine. But like, you know, just being a Liverpool band, being it being um, part of its heritage. You said didn't you before about you just kind of feel like once you've done a song or an album, you've handed it over to the to the people, and then they come and tell you what what it meant to, yeah. to them. I've had that with, with jokes where people say like yeah. a, a joke that you've like long retired and you thought it was awful. You thought that absolutely killed me when you did this. Yeah, yeah. You think oh perfect. You know yeah. I still I still think about I did I used to do a stupid like version of Yellow. I still do it sometimes. Yellow uh, yeah, yeah, essentially cool. just it was the Sims. The joke was they were all yellow and it was about the Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Uh, but, but some people just think that was the best thing they've ever seen in, in comedy history. Apparently, yeah, 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 said yeah. that I inferred it from the body language. Oh right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, you you mentioned shows upcoming. I know you've got a couple of massive shows coming up this this summer. Do you want to talk us through? Um, we've got no? lots of festivals <clears throat> all over the country, playing like um, Isle of Wight and Wyanoff Festival, Truck Festival, uh, Tramlines Festival. All big, big, big deals, sort of thing. Uh, we're getting to a point now where we're on like main stages. Not quite like the headliner, but like, you know, the four o'clock afternoon where people are just getting jolly. I'm in the same boat, mate. <laughs> but, but you know intrinsically, and so do I, headline material, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, we're getting there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just stabilisers still on, maybe. Um, and then we've got two big Liverpool shows, so we're playing with James and the Coral on the Pierhead. That's going to um, be huge, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's massive. Like, um, that's, that's a 12,000 people. On the pier, right in front of the lava buildings. It's a Sunday bank holiday, second of July. That is, so get your tickets. Get your tickets. And um, if anyone says your hands Gruber after that, there's nothing down for them. Is there? I might just go as Hans Gruber. <laughs> <laughs> what was the line again? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I can't do it. Not <laughs> um, And then, so that's the second of July, big one, twelve thousand people with with James, who are I've never seen him live, but. Everyone who's seen them live said like they, that's the band that that they're most shocked by, uh, and then we're playing. Oh, and the Coral are on that one too. Just that li that little band, the Coral. Remember them? them? I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Dreaming of you. Uh, and then we're playing Bootle Canal Side in Sefton, hometown gig. A hometown gig. Quite literally a hometown gig. Like uh, it's like a brand new venue. 
and that they're doing up at the moment. 3,000 people sold out in a week. Less than a week, actually. So where is it then for people that are... You know, right next to Bootlestrand. Nice. Right next, like, where the post office depot used to be. It's like tarmac now. But they've got, like, uh, lots of funding to, to do it up. There's, like, a big uh, decking area going on and, like, bars and there's an indoor stage. Uh, and then there's... That we're putting a big outdoor stage on, um, and it's it's done. Is it done? No, it's being it's it, being done. Hopefully, it'll be done by July. Yeah, otherwise you're playing the, in the jollies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were in the strand, <laughs> oh. in the butch outside the butchers, <laughs> outside the butchers. <laughs> Would you rather get bacon? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, so you got you got those shows coming up and 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 the festivals. Wait, any any other uh, plans for international touring? Yeah, we've got to go back to America. Um, now that we've started, there's no point in just like... And we've got a taste for it, you know what I mean? We've got like friends in New York and Austin and Vancouver and places like that in LA now, so it's just good to be able to go there and have a place to stay and play some shows, might as well. Um, and I think we fit it. I think we fit the American market a little bit. We've got like a trumpet player, haven't we? And, and the sound's like really big and stuff. So And the, the Liverpool link, the Beatles thing. So, you know, if you're a band from Liverpool... That gets you indoors. That you know you'd have to boot down. Otherwise, you'd be like, "Oh, they're a band from Liverpool." Like, oh, yeah. That, like that's the the export of Liverpool is music over there, <clears throat> as well as the football. Um, You've got so, to ride on those things, haven't you? I yeah, mean, yeah. as a comic, like you know, you, you, you rock up, and sometimes I, I can hear audibly people in the audience. Oh, it's a scouser. Yeah, and and you know, you, you've got to you yeah. know, and, you've and got it's to not use it, haven't you? Liverpool's known for being funny. You know, like mm. hundreds of comedians say it's the worst place to play because the crowds are funnier than them. Like it's it's it, it is that, but you it can it can be a curse, but it can be a blessing. It can get you opportunities, and and you can. Um, and people can make prejudgments over you, or like, oh, they must be good from like that yeah. sort of thing. Or it could be the other way. It was like, well, they can compare you to it. It's like, oh, they just want to be the Beatles, or they oh, just just want to be them, just want to be that. And it's like, mm, it's 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 okay, but you've still got to ride it. You still you still got to fly the flag and like be. And and in America, they they love it. Yeah, like, they're massive, massive. Yeah, brilliant. Well, um, we're gonna get into some questions, and we put it put it out there the other okay. day for for some questions for. For Fran, um, was it all just a Waterloo team? It, it, it wasn't, mate. It wasn't, <laughs> but there, there might be one or two from them uh, if you get to. I'm going to go quick fire. Best, what's your, what's your favourite pub in Liverpool? Um, the Volley. It's because it's on my road in Crosby or Pog Mahones. Nice. Pog, this is yeah. the opportunity to get free pints and, and food. Favorite restaurant? Um, Spit Roast or both on. Both of us is the restaurant. No. <laughs> you were full up one. I think there's an emergency chair in the corner, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Just in case, yeah. Uh, or Bacaro. That They're good shouts. Spit roast in particular. Spit roast on yeah. a Sunday when wow. you go over. Yeah, nice. Um, and your favourite band from Liverpool? You can't say the Beatles because everyone says it, doesn't he? Um, you can if you want. At the moment, the Cheap Thrills. The Cheap Thrills, nice. What, yeah. what, what For anyone that might not know... Who they are? Uh, they got a song called Codependence, which is a belter that was out a few years ago. But uh, they've just played a big show nice. in Liverpool. And this, what's the sound like? Um, I don't know. It's just a band, just like indie indie stuff. There's a bit of synth in there and stuff like that. But yeah. they probably describe it better than I would. To be honest. I got another question. How did you acquire your first musical instrument? My nan bought it for me from yeah. the Strand. Uh, it's strand heavy this episode yeah. all of a sudden isn't it <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, 
getting paid. Are you going to take the same instrument back with you for the uh, bootle gig? Yeah, I should do, really, should yeah. I? I'll have to find that. Full circle? It, yeah. I think it was like a home and bargain or an Argos thing. And it was just it was a right-handed guitar with the strings changed. And, yeah, God rest us all. She was she she got the bus to the strand and carried two back because my brother, uh, she bought my brother one as well. And she carried them back on the bus, two uh, big, massive guitars. Lennon or McCartney? McCartney. Wow, that was quick. Yeah. Uh, as I was a kid, he was a left-handed. I was like, oh, he's left-handed. Or also, I watched Get Back. And I was like, oh, John was just a bit of a hippie, wasn't he? And like, McCartney was actually driven. I'm like, come on, boys, let's write some songs. And like, yeah, I've got massive respect for him. I didn't watch the documentary. My brothers told me about it. Did Lennon have a phrase about, just leave it in the air. Let's just... Leave it late, late, yeah, it, that's that was his thing. Oh, we turn up late. He was the last in all the time because he was off his rocker the, the night before and up all night with Yoko or whatever. And then, but McCartney was like there on time. I was like, come on, let's let's write some songs. We've got to keep this going. We're getting blah blah blah. And he, the, I think he just lost sight a little bit. John, you know what I mean? He'd lost his way a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this. I'm in a band with my mates called the Buzz. You read the Buzz? The Buzz. Oh. You haven't heard the buzz? Why haven't you got me onto the buzz before this? I'll send I'll send you some stuff that right. we well, that we've done. Uh, we've got three tracks. It's it's hard though, isn't it? Like making making new music. It's just me and my mate Yeti. It's kind of a, a, a double thing, but uh what do you call it? A duo. A duo. Um that's it. But um we've the written a theme tune for this for this podcast, but we want you to do the vocals. Will you do that for us? Um, yeah, <laughs> nice one. Thank you, Fran. Uh, I'm just thinking. We we always get to this point uh, of the episode where it's the key question: your favourite ever Scouser. Oh, it's a hard one, isn't it? Might have already mentioned them, Paul. Paul McCartney. I might have already mentioned them. I think he great on a, a few people, but I like him. He, he seems to be. You know, he's all peace and love, but he's also like quite driven and quite like he's uh, quite um, level-headed about things. You know what I mean? He's quite accepting of everyone. He, he carries this uh, carries this acceptance as well as being good morally. So like, he strikes me as a person who will sit down and speak with anyone. You know, if you can be a far-right loony Tory voting nut job, you can be that. But he'd still probably just be there and be like, oh, how are you? Sort of thing. It's that sort of acceptance as well. You know, not being preachy, but also, you know, holding holding his, his models firm and being absolutely unbelievable at music. The, the back catalogue the guy's got, it's just incredible, isn't it? It's even the stuff he's done since, like, after the Beatles and stuff, like, just ridiculous. And, and you know... Wings. Wings. The band the Beatles could have been. The band <laughs> should have been, yeah. Um, <laughs> And, you know, he hasn't, as someone said the other day, you know, we opened Lippa and he does the graduations for when people go. I went to one the other day, my girlfriend graduated. And he hasn't missed a year since he's opened, since it's opened. Like, you know, he could have very easily done the first couple and went, right, you know, give it a miss. Especially at his age, you know what I mean? He's probably got bad back and bad knees and whatever. Yeah. He, hasn't missed the, he hasn't missed the graduation. Any honourable mentions? Jamie Gallagher, obviously. He's from up our end. Um, we, we, we know Jamie. Um, and just do. I, I'm aware of the Twenty Three Foundation, what they do, um, and what they do, and they just do it quietly. They don't publicise it. They don't like you know shout and scream. There's not a camera following them everywhere they go. 
Jamie just does, they just do it for the, the sake of it. And Jamie is fully behind it. He, he, he helped fund the Bootle Boxers inclusion team, disability team at Bootle. Yeah. Um, they went to go to Belfast every year. And Jamie always helps. The 23 Foundation always helped make that happen. He's a legend, isn't he? Yeah. But we're going with Paul. Yeah. That was Fran Doran of Red Run Club. Have you got anything else you want to mention? Any, anything else to, to promote? I'm spent. You spent. I'm spent. Yeah. Just, you can have your whisper uh, on the way back to the studio, and you can time. see you can see what the boys have done to some of your songs that you left. Probably ruined it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah probably yeah. ruined it. Well, thank you very much, Fran. Welcome back thank anytime. You. That was Scouse House podcast with Fran Doran of Red Room Club. <laughs>